Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to episode 18 of the All New Gaming Rules podcast. This is an audio version of the monthly live Q&A that went out at the start of April 2022. This podcast is only made possible thanks to the financial support of my Patreon campaign. So a big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters for making this possible. And if you like the content that I create and you want to support me directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now on with the show. Hi, my name's Paul Grogan. Welcome to the latest Gaming Rules monthly video log for the month of April 2022. In this video log, I'm going to be covering everything that I've done since the last video log, which according to my records went out around the 5th of March. So actually, it's, it's the 5th of April today. So yeah, this is basically a month's worth of everything that I've been doing. I'm going to be talking about all of the games that I've been playing, a lot of the content that I've covered on the channel, some personal stuff and future plans of what's coming next. As always, a big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters for funding the channel. Uh, these monthly video logs are not sponsored and it takes me about a day to a day and a half to create them. Uh, and that's only possible thanks to the financial support of the Patreon campaign. So yeah, if you do like the content that I create and you want to support the channel and help me carry on making more content, then you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. Right, the first thing I'm going to talk about is all of the games that I've been playing in the last month. So Assuming that my BGG list is up to date, and thank you again to all of my patron supporters on Slack for reminding me what games I've played. Um, the first one is on the 7th of March, I covered Bureau of Investigation, and I did the demo case. Now, this game is under the Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective brand because it is a very similar idea, but officially it's called Bureau of Investigation. And it's basically a Cthulhu-themed version of the game, but there are some differences. Now, the game is actually, I think it's out now, uh, certainly in the UK anyway, but what we covered on the channel is a demo case. This is downloadable from the Space Cowboys website, uh, so there's no spoilers in the demo scenario for what you get in the main game, but it is an idea of how the game plays. So for those of you familiar with Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, and if you're not familiar, basically what you do is you get given a case. It's a very narrative-heavy game. The rules are extremely light, and you just choose where you're going to go to, and then you read the next bit of text. In this game, it is similar, except the clue points that you can go to are split into two categories. You can either investigate something, uh, which means, um, you know, finding out what you can about that thing, or you can interview them. So if you've got a person, for example, you can interview them and speak to them specifically, or you can kind of go around and ask what other people know about them. So for every clue point in the game, there is two different ways to approach it. And you can do both, but that will cost you two clue points. The other big difference between Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, in which you can go to as many places as you want to, uh, but then you'll get a series of questions at the end and you will lose points based on how many clue points you went to. If you went to way, way too many clue points, you'll lose loads of points. And that's what all we, we always do. When we're playing these games, we don't play the game for the points. We add up the points at the end to see how well we've done, but we go to as many places as we want to, rather than trying to say, oh, let's try and do it in six clue points and then have a guess and get it completely wrong. No, we play Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective uh, to the point where, yeah, we go to as many places as we, as we feel we need to, and then we answer the questions. Now, in Bureau of Investigation, you are limited on the number of places you can go to. You cannot simply just go to as many places as you want. Now, during the uh, demo case, we did actually talk about a variant where you could allow that, but that's not it's not supposed to be how the game is played. And the other big difference is that you don't get any questions at the end. What happens is you have to choose, uh, in the demo case, you have to just choose one particular location, uh, which you're neutralizing. I think in the full cases, you have to choose three locations. And then you will get points based on which one, whether you get them right or not. That's as far as I understand it. I've not actually gone back to it. I've only played the demo case. And that demo case does give you a bit of an idea. So if you're looking for uh, a game like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, but with an Arkham Horror type uh, and a Cthulhu theme behind it, then definitely check that out. Now, the demo case that we did, um, it was a demo case. It, it was finished. Um, but there was a little bit of confusion in it, and I think they have gone away and, and since improved that. But certainly we got a little bit confused by a couple of parts of it, um, and there was a bit that was mistranslated. But I, I think it's I think they fixed that, and I hope the rest of the cases are okay. Right, moving on, 
on Tuesday the 8th of March, I think it was a Tuesday, I did a game called Route East. Now, if you know anything about Route East or you have seen the Kickstarter campaign or you are a backer of the campaign, you will know already the game is not the kind of game that I normally go out of my way to play. However, I covered this on the channel mainly for the reason that the email that I got from the people who designed it was brilliant. Now, I get quite a lot of emails from people uh, asking me to cover their games on the channel. Generally speaking, it is Kickstarters, new designers and things like that. And a lot of the times the email is extremely generic. You know, it says, Dear Gaming Rules Team, in a different font, we love your content, we love your channel, and it's clear they haven't got the faintest idea who I am or what I do. Um, and it's just a very generic email. Anyway, the one that I got from Petra uh, about Root East was a very personal email that she'd written to me uh, that contained, that, that was clear that she knew what I did on the channel and everything else. And she told me about this game. And now, they, first time designers, and they've designed this board game during lockdown based on a true story of a couple of friends who got a car called Judith and basically traveled from London to Shanghai or something like that. It was a crazy story. And they told me about this story. Um, and I was like, well, I don't care if this is the kind of game that I normally like. I'm going to cover this game on the channel. I'm going to I'm going to do it. So we got together and we did a live playthrough of the game uh, on the 8th of March. And that is on the channel now if you want to if you want to see it. It is very much a family style game and it is a little bit old school in terms of the design and, and how it works. Uh, rather than a, rather than a modern Euro game, but there's definitely an audience for it. And I certainly know a number of my Patreon supporters uh, appreciated me covering the game on the channel because they said, look, Paul, it's obvious that this isn't your typical Euro game, but they enjoyed it and they've backed the game. So yeah, that, that is on the channel now if you're interested in seeing Route East. Next up on the 11th of March is Polis. Now, Polis, I've covered on the channel twice before, I think, maybe twice before, maybe three times before, I can't remember. But I think this was either my third or fourth game of Polis. Now, Polis is a two-player, it's it's a war game, because the rulebook says it's a war game, um, but it is a game set in 500 BC, and it's the battle between Athens and Sparta. And I really like the game. I think Polis is a fantastic game, and i never forget when I did an unboxing video for Polis, I do these live unboxing videos, but I did this live unboxing video for Polis and there were loads of people popping up in the chat who have never seen any of my other videos before. Well, they might have done, but what I'm saying is they were new names to me and they were saying, oh, I'm so glad you're covering this game. It's fantastic. This is my favourite game ever. This is a top 10 game. This is brilliant. And I got the impression from everybody that Polis is one of those games which is really, really well liked and respected, but not a lot of people have covered it. Anyway, we covered it on the channel month or two ago now, I think. Really enjoyed it. Very, very much enjoyed it and can see absolutely why people rated it really highly. Now, my opinion of the game has changed slightly after that game because there is so much good about Polis. There is so much of a great game in there and yet our game that we played was heavily affected, should we say, uh, by Rob rolling terrible dice rolls. And that was it. That was the game. The game, it, it kind of didn't matter what we did. Rob rolled, he needed anything other than a one or a two, and he got a two. And then he tried again and he needed anything other than a one, and he got a one. And that was it. That, that was effectively the deciding factor in the game. And that's made me rethink the game because, the, as I say, there's so much to like about the game. The mechanisms of the game and the way that it works is, is fantastic. And I get the fact that you need some kind of random element in combat but the combat mechanism with the cards is brilliant it was the siege and in the game when you do siege you roll a dice and if you don't roll enough then you basically you lose a unit and you delay a turn and because of the way that the game mechanisms work if you then don't have enough cubes to lay another siege you've then got to spend another action on moving people in and it's massively costly and it's just one of those things with the game and Whilst I went into that game of Polis thinking this is a game that I could see myself playing five, ten, loads and loads of times and really getting to know it. The fact that that game was affected based on the fact that Rob rolled and it was the second roll that did it. He, he made the first roll and it was 50-50 and okay, he failed, that's fine. But then he put more effort into it and he rolled and he got a one. And, and then that was it, that, that was the game. And it just felt a bit, it made me feel a little uncomfortable 
the fact that the game was actually decided at that point. Anyway, moving on. 12th of March, Bitoku. Now, Bitoku I'd already covered on the channel, uh, I think last month. Bitoku is one of those games which was one of the hot games that came out at Essen Spiel last year, uh, and I delayed playing it because two reasons. One, I'd have loads of other, I've, I've got loads of other games to cover, but also I'd heard that the game was very heavy and the rulebook wasn't great and everything else, so I was kind of putting it off. Anyway, Bitoku was fantastic. I absolutely loved the game and it is one of my favourite games from last year. And I totally get the criticisms of the board is too busy and the rulebook isn't particularly great. And I get all of that, but the game itself, something just clicked in it. And everything in the game for me just went smoothly and I, and I understood it. So I really wanted to play it again. And on the 12th of March, uh, me and two of my patron supporters, Willem and Justin, we got together and we played a game of it on Tabletop Simulator. Mainly because this is a game I don't just want to play once and go, right, I played it, tick, done, move on. I really want to play Bitoku a lot more. And that was an opportunity for me. Spend the evening, played a game of it with some patron supporters, and it was really good. Obviously, it's different playing on Tabletop Simulator than it is uh, in real life, but it is an official mod. So it's not dodgy or illegal or anything like that. It is an official mod, uh, and it was just really good. So yeah, Bitoku, look forward to playing it again. That is a game that I am aiming to play probably another three or four times in the next six months. I've got a couple of conventions coming up and I'm definitely going to be playing it at least once at, at those conventions, if not if not more than once, because I really, really enjoy it. Not saying it's the best game from last year, but it is a strong contender. Next up, on the 16th of March, I did a solo playthrough as voted on by my patron supporters. So, patron supporters each month vote on uh, a game that they want me to see playing solo. Around the start of March, I put a vote up and Bonfire got the most votes, which I was really happy to see because I very much enjoy Bonfire, but I've never played it with the expansion. So what I had to do is I had to basically relearn how to play Bonfire and then learn how to play the expansion. Now, the expansion comes with three modules, I think, and I chose to use the Trees module. I didn't choose to use the other two modules, but I played a solo game of it. So if you're interested in seeing how the solo game of Bonfire works, that's on the channel now. In fact, I've already done a solo playthrough when the game first came out, but I did want to go back to it. Um, that reminded me how much I liked the game. Now, there is an official online version playable at, uh, I think it's Yukata. Uh, I'm in the middle of a game now, so I think it's you. Yeah, it's definitely Yukata. And yeah, Bonfire, I very, very much enjoy Bonfire. Now, I did the official how to play video for the game. So, as many of you know, if I was professionally involved in a game, I'm a little bit nervous about giving my personal opinion because some people out there might think I'm just shilling the game. Bonfire is one of the ones I'm happy to make an exception on. I had nothing to do with the design of the game, nothing to do with the development. I had nothing to do with the rulebook. All I did was I created a how to play video for them. But Bonfire, I think, is, is a great game. Really, really enjoy it. And since doing that solo playthrough, that's made me want to play it more. And as I say, I'm in the middle of a game. I say in the middle of a game. We're literally on the final countdown of a game. The game might finish today, but I'm currently playing it online at Yukata. And yeah, I really enjoy Bonfire. On the 17th of March, I decided to do another solo playthrough. So, as I say, my patron supporters vote on which game they want me to see doing a solo playthrough of, and Bonfire got the most votes. However, Golem got the second most votes. And I looked at my schedule for that week and I thought, I really do want to try the solo mode of Golem. Maybe I will put aside my actual work that I should be doing that day and do another solo playthrough which I then regretted at the end of the day for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I got to the end of the day and went, oh dear, I've now got this work to do. When am I going to do it? Oh no, I'm going to have to work the weekend. Um, but also, that game didn't go smoothly. Now, I was a little bit frustrated uh, in the video. And if you want to see me doing a playthrough of a game where I get frustrated, then go and watch the Golem solo playthrough that I did on the 17th of March. Because, and, and, I, and, and this, I, it made me uncomfortable. It made me really uncomfortable because I was doing the live stream and I, I could feel myself getting more and more frustrated by the fact that the rules were just not clear. Um, the rules were not clear and there were some really confusing points that I think I got to about three quarters of the way through the video and I was like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. I just wanted it to be over. 
So I didn't enjoy the solo game of Golem. There might be a good game in there. There probably is a very good game in there. But when the rules are that unclear and I don't actually understand what it is that I'm doing or whether I'm doing it right or not. Now, I've since tried to get answers to some of my questions because I, I have a working relationship with Cranio. Um, but I, I haven't received uh, any answers to those questions. I did post a thread on BGG with some queries and questions about it and I did get some replies but those replies to me were not they weren't good enough to clear up uh, the ambiguities that I had so if you are a fan of Golem and you have played the solo game and you understand it and you enjoy it brilliant but for me that's done that I'm, I'm not going to revisit that now and you might think that's me being too critical but why would I when I have games like Bonfire uh, you know, given the choice, I will always choose to play Go uh, Bonfire solo rather than Golem, because then I don't have that frustration of, of, of not understanding the rules and not being sure whether what I'm doing is correct. So, yeah, I'll pass on that one. Golem is still a good multiplayer game, but the solo game, no, that's a pass for me. Next up on the 17th of March, uh, another game from Cranio Creations. This is Anunnaki. Now, Anunnaki, I am going to be doing a video for. I say going to be doing a video. I've already done the video. The video is filmed, um, but it's not on the channel yet. It will be coming out in a few weeks' time. But I am doing a sponsored playthrough video, well, a sponsored tutorial and playthrough video for Anunnaki, which is an upcoming game from Cranio Creations. I knew I'd get it wrong. Um... And uh, I think it's going live maybe the end of this month. So yes, yeah, so I, I filmed the video for it. But it, before I filmed the video, I had, to, I had to learn how to play the game and I had to practice playing the game. And Thursday night was the local games club. So I took along Anunnaki. I'd, read the, I'd already played it before, but I'd spent the afternoon. Uh, I got the game out. I reread the rules. I felt comfortable with it. I took it to the games night and I taught some people how to play. Speaking of Anunnaki, we might as well continue this. So that, that was my first experience where I practiced teaching the game to other people. Uh, and I always need to do that. In, it's, it's all part of the process. Then on the 25th of March, so I'm just zooming ahead forward in time now. On the 25th of March, uh, I actually played Anunnaki twice. So what happened is JP and Paul came round in the afternoon and we, we set it all up on the table and we did a live playthrough of it. This was streamed to patron supporters so this this hasn't gone public and that one will never go public because that was another practice session of me teaching them how to play with uh Giuliano from Cranio Creations I think that's how you pronounce his name apologies if I've got it wrong uh watching live and helping us out with some rules queries because we did have some rules queries but then in the evening of the 25th Rob came round and we did a four-player game of Anunnaki and that was filmed that was recorded and that's the one that I'm going to be editing and that's the one that's going to be on the Kickstarter campaign. So I've played Anunnaki three times uh, in, in the last month and again it's sponsored work that I'm doing for it so I will err on the side of caution with giving my personal opinion on the game other than I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's really good. So Anunnaki, the action selection mechanism is brilliant. I really love the action selection mechanism. But also, the game packs quite a lot of punch into a two and a half hour game, possibly even two hours when you know what you're doing. It, it, it flows, it plays quick, and you get a lot done. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy Anunnaki, to the point where I've actually arranged three games of it at Bacon. Bacon is a local convention to me. It's happening in about two weeks' time. Um, and I've actually arranged to do demos of Anunnaki at the convention because I enjoy playing it so much. So, yeah, I'm going to be teaching some groups of people how to play the game there in the next few weeks. And then I think the Kickstarter goes live right after Bacon. I think it's going live at the end of this month. It's either the end of this month or the start of next month. I can't remember when. Anyway, going back in time, we're now on to the 18th of March. And this is another game which I, feel, which I played... Um, and did a video for, and that video will be going live next week. And this is Crescent Moon. Crescent Moon isn't quite out yet, but it's been announced and it is coming out soon. It's a five, four or five player asymmetric game from Osprey Games, um, set during the turbulent times of the Middle East, where you've got the Sultan, the Caliph, the Nomad, the Warlord, and the Murshid. And yeah, basically, if you know asymmetric games, it's one of those. You've got a hex board, and you've basically got a set of standard rules that everybody plays to, but then each of the individual factions has their own special rules. 
So there's going to be two videos on my channel for this coming next week. One of them is a tutorial where basically I teach the other four people how to play the game. So it's a full teach of the game. And then there is a playthrough video. It is the longest how to play video on my channel. It comes in at about an hour long. And when I saw the length of it, I was like, wow, one hour. I don't think I've got any game that would take me an hour to teach. Now, this game isn't especially complicated. So how has it taken me one hour to teach people how to play the game? And I think it's because it's asymmetric. So when I was editing the video afterwards, I went through the general overview of the game. I went through all of the different actions. I went into detail. I went through how combat works. I went through how the influence action works. And we're at about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. And I thought that's probably about right. But then we have to talk about each individual player's scoring conditions and each individual player's powers. And Osprey Games wanted a full five player teach for the video. So that's what I've done. But it is an hour long. The playthrough video, I've managed to edit down to about two hours or something like that. And you might think, well, you know, an, an hour teach for a two hour game, surely that's not worth it. But you don't have to teach every single faction to every single player. If you're playing this game yourself, you could just teach all of the core rules and then you could give each player their player booklet because every player has their own booklet which contains all of their actions, all of their special stuff and everything that's relevant to them. You don't have to go through every single player and say exactly what every single player does. I personally would because I don't want to play an asymmetric game and suddenly find that, you know, Bob is able to do a special thing and new call of my armies. I want to know that he can do that before the game starts. But anyway, that's Crescent Moon. As I say, videos coming to the channel and I'm very interested to see what people think about that. I'm uh, not a big player of asymmetric games normally, um, but I've got friends who are and they very much enjoyed it. So I'm keen to see what other people think of it. On the 19th of March, videos that will never go live on the channel. Batman Gotham City Chronicles. So for the upcoming Kickstarter, which I believe is happening in May, uh, I'm going to be doing a playthrough video for them because I've been working on the rulebook for the last 18 months. I've got into the game. I've played the game a few times. I enjoyed playing the game and I was going to do a playthrough video for them. And we filmed it on that day. And we're not going to use that footage for a couple of reasons. Um, we used some house rules in the game, they, they are official variants that are gonna be included in the new edition. And I decided that I was gonna use all of these new variants in the game. Now, the reason why I decided to new, use the new variants was two reasons. First of all, to show the new variants off, to show people how these variants work. Unfortunately, the mission that we chose to play, which was actually voted on by fans of the game, is a plant invasion. And it turns out that a plant invasion it actually, that's, that particular mission favours the heroes. Now, I wasn't aware of this because my first experience of playing this particular mission um, was at the Cranbrook Games Day. Um, we had the Games Day at the end of last month. Um, and we played this mission and the heroes got absolutely wiped out. So I thought, oh, this is one of those missions which is too balanced you know, towards the villains. So we're going to need to play with these variants to make it easier for the heroes. And unfortunately, what it did is it, it wasn't just the variants, it was the fact that we played the game twice on that day. So we played the scenario as a sort of practice, teaching game and everything else. And then we played the scenario again. And it was a combination of three things. First of all, that scenario is actually slightly weighted towards the heroes. And we put lots of variant rules that actually gave the heroes an even bigger advantage okay the second one was we'd already played that particular mission with those exact heroes earlier on that day so we kind and, and, and we won and we kind of knew what we wanted to do strategically so we did it again and three peter's dice rolls were awful peter was playing the villain and our dice rolls were really good and peter's was really bad and the game was over in three rounds it's supposed to be a seven round game and that's why the video is not going to make it um, out to the public, because I don't think that video shows off the game too well. I've got plans to make another video. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Batman Gotham City Chronicles. This is not the kind of game that I normally play, right, at all. It is a tactical skirmish game based on Batman. 
it's about the miniatures and it's moving around and rolling lots of dice and shouting kapow and all of that sort of stuff. And I don't play games where there's a lot of role for resolution. However, I've got into this game because I've been working on the rulebook for it and therefore working on the rulebook has meant that I need to play the game a little bit and I've, I've been painting the miniatures for the last 18 months and I've actually started to, to really enjoy it. Now, it is dice for resolution. Don't get me wrong. If Don't, don't, don't think, oh, this is a Euro game equivalent. You've, we finally found a game that Paul likes that's... No. If you are the kind of person that likes the normal games that I cover on the channel, the Euro games, you're still probably not going to like this game. It is moving miniatures around a board. The rules are fairly complex. There's loads of different skills that interact with the rules in many different ways and you roll a boatload of dice to see whether you succeed or not. There is some mitigation but it is very much not a Euro game. However, as I say, I've started to enjoy it and I really would like to play more of it and yeah, I, I'm happy in a way that I've reached outside of my comfort zone and I've kind of been forced, I mean nobody forced me to play it but I felt that I needed to and I felt that I wanted to. And especially the fact that I've put about 300 hours painting the mini into painting the miniatures so far. I wanted to actually use them, so I'm really glad that I've used them. And there is something warm and fuzzy about sitting there and playing a game with all of the miniatures that I've painted and it looks great. Um, it just, yeah, it's one of those rewarding things for me to do. So anyway, that's Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Next up... 22nd and 23rd of March, Nightmare Cathedral. So Nightmare Cathedral uh, is a game from Board and Dice, which I think is on GameFound right now. Uh, and they asked me to do a sponsored playthrough video for it. Now, I'm always a fan of what Board and Dice are doing, and this game did look quite different. Certainly the artwork and the theme of the game looked very different. So Rick came around on the 22nd of March, and we did a, we did a two-player playthrough of it to learn how to play. Uh, unfortunately, the prototype rulebook that I got uh, in order to learn that game was definitely not clear in a number of areas but again it's a prototype version of game it was very much a working copy uh, and thankfully the designer gave me an hour of his time that evening and I went through all of the questions that I had he gave me all of the answers and on the Wednesday we did an actual playthrough that is on the channel now uh, Paul and Emily came over so there is a three-player game of Nightmare Cathedral on the channel now if you if you want to watch it now one thing about that video is it's three hours long and it says on the box that it's a 60 minute game. I personally don't feel it's a 60 minute game, maybe for two players, but I think it should probably be a 90 minute game for three players and maybe four players as well. Why did it take us three hours? I'm not quite sure other than we were explaining to the audience how the game works. We were telling the rule, teaching the rules as we went along and I was trying to demonstrate the game it just seemed to go on a lot longer than, than expected. And uh, I've seen other people's videos on it and they weren't that long, but bearing in mind this was a live playthrough. So it wasn't edited at all. You've got all of the thinking time and it was really all of our first games. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd played the game the day before with Rick, but um, that was just trying to get my head around the rules. Anyway, that's on the channel now if you're interested in Nightmare Cathedral. Um, 25th of March, Anunnaki Twice, already talked about that. On the 26th of March, uh, we actually went for a night out at a local um, murder mystery party um, with Rick and Victoria. So me, Vicky, Rick, Victoria, we went out to that, had a meal, did this murder mystery thing that wasn't very good. And then afterwards we came back here. Um, and I've been given last year, the year before, maybe even the year before that, a whole little series of games called Sherlock. They're, they're really small card games. I'll put a picture on screen now, but it's, it's basically, it's a box of about 30 cards. And I've got, I've got, I think I've got five of them. And me and Vicky tried playing one of them before, um, the archaeology one, two players, and it was a bit underwhelming. It was a little bit confusing, and we didn't quite understand it. Uh, there is, uh, there is a language sort of issue with the way that the rulebook's been written. It hasn't been. It hasn't been translated clearly enough, so some of the some of the aspects of the gameplay were a little bit confusing. But there was something about this game, and that I was like, I need to try this with more players. So we did. So we we played it, and again, it's still not the best game ever, but it but it's okay. And and we played that on the Saturday night. Now the reason why I'm saying that it's a bit unclear is, the rules are actually very simple in this game. You've got this deck of cards. Every every card is unique, 
and you start the game each player has a hand of three cards now these cards have got stuff on them there's pictures there's words there's writing there's basically clues but some of those words are underlined and you are only you're not allowed to read out the card to anybody else you are only allowed to read out the underlined stuff so i could say to you for example receptionist briefcase and they are the two underlined words on my card i'm not allowed to say um jack left his briefcase at the office so he called the receptionist uh, and got her to pick it up and bring it to him at the restaurant right so that's that's what the clue would be but i'm only allowed to say briefcase and receptionist so i get that right now on your turn you can either play a card face up onto the middle of the table which means everybody can see it or you can discard it face down to a discard pile and then you draw a replacement and that's the rules of the game right you play a card or you discard it and then you draw a replacement now the twist and the trick comes into the scoring if at the end of the game once you have oh and you get these questions at the end of the game like like sherlock holmes consulting detective you get these questions and you have to answer these questions but you are penalized you will lose points if there are any face-up cards that are not relevant to the case so you can't just put every card face up because you'll lose a whole load of points by putting the cards that are not relevant and also you have to have at least six cards in the discard pile if you haven't discarded six cards by the end of the game then you you can't you can't win you can't actually finish it so basically the, the game is you have to decide of your cards which ones are relevant to the case in which point you put them face up or you don't think it's relevant to the case and you discard it face down sounds simple the problem for me and i still don't quite get this is okay i've got this card i've discarded it i've put it face down but i know what was on it and it's a cooperative game and we're supposed to be talking to the other players and sharing ideas but i'm not allowed to tell people what's on that card okay and once you're five or six cards in you're like well what what am i allowed to say what am i not allowed to say i i, I don't really know so yeah a little bit confusing but we enjoyed it it didn't take long it was relatively quick and we scored quite highly i think we got seven out of the ten questions right um we we pretty much got the case so it's, it's a nice idea but it's just a little a little unusual um next up 30th of march boone lake so speaking of hot games from essen that i haven't got round to playing yet there's a small list and that list is getting even smaller because i have now covered boone lake so on the 30th of march uh, i had a game of it on tabletop simulator uh, with graham and mark thank you very much to you two for for teaching me graham handled most of the teach um and yeah i learned how to play properly on the wednesday night with a game on tabletop simulator and then on the friday night friends came over and we played it so the playthrough is on the channel now if you want to see me finally playing boone lake after what is it six months wow six months since it came out so yeah all of last week none of my videos were sponsored in in any way purely funded through patreon so thank you very much again to all of my patron sponsors um but anyway boom lake fantastic absolutely loved it um yeah so learned how to play it on the wednesday night in fact i did play a two-player game with hilmar we played like the first half of a two-player game at essen but i'd forgotten most of it um so yeah wednesday night fantastic friday night fantastic really really good game definitely definitely want to play it again and i've got a game planned for bacon already yeah really enjoy boon lake if you're not a fan of alexander fister games i can absolutely see why people would look at it and go it was just boring nonsense it didn't fit it didn't work for me mechanically i think it was i think it was fantastic i loved the decision points in the game i'm not a fan of the artwork i will be absolutely honest i do not like the artwork of the game the graphic design is clear but the artwork i don't like the artwork uh, the other thing is one of the really clever parts about the game again mechanically is you have these four scoring tiles there's four rounds in the game the rule book says there's two but each one's split into half so i call it four rounds there's four rounds in the game and in each round you must score one of the scoring tiles so there's four rounds you will score one scoring tile each round you will score all of them by the end of the game 
and you have these little scoring tiles, one, two, three, and four points. So you choose, well, your number one gets allocated in round one, your number two gets allocated in round two, three in round three, and four in round four. Now, each of the scoring tiles has a condition on it, which gets harder and harder as the game goes on. And if you put a tile on it when you meet the condition, you get the positive points. If you put a tile on it when you don't meet the condition, you lose the points. I love that mechanism. It's brilliant, okay? So you need to look at the start of the game and think, right, okay, so in round one, I'm probably going to try and do that one, and I'm going to use my one-point counter. But it doesn't matter if I don't do it, because that's only minus one point. Whereas in round four, I need to be pretty sure that I'm going to meet the conditions of the scoring tile, because it's a four-point tile. And the, one that, the scoring tile that you chose is actually doubled. Love it. But, and I need to speak to the designer about this, because when you've got a score in the game of 160, the points from those scoring tiles are minimal. They don't seem to have as much of an impact on the game as I think they should. It seems to me that that's actually a big core part of the game, and yet it's only worth, a, you know, less than 10% of your points. So yeah, it seems unusual. But other than that, yeah, I thought the game was great. Fantastic. Um, a friend of mine says it's replaced Maracaibo for him, which, nah, doesn't for me. Speaking of Maracaibo, 1st of April was actually Alexander Pfister Day here at Gaming Rules Headquarters. We played Boon Lake in the evening, but in the afternoon we played Maracaibo. What can I say about Maracaibo that I haven't already said? It is my number one favourite Alexander Pfister game, and I'm going to say that it's above Great Western Trail for me, because... The, the massive amounts of variability in the game means that every game is going to be different based on the cards that come out, the different cities, um, the, the, the prestige buildings, everything else. And the expansion adds so much variability with the different modules, the different ways to play it. Uh, the playthrough that we did, if you want to see that on the channel, was the four-player uprising yeah, so it, it was the Uprising module that we played, I think it was, um, the one where we're basically trying to remove the cubes from the board instead of add the cubes onto the board. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent game, absolutely love it. And the other thing that I did on the 31st of March, just going back a day, Burn Cycle. Speaking of me taking uh, days off work to do content that I want to do that isn't sponsored, 31st of March was one of those days. I had a whole day's work planned for that day, but I didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to do it because Burn Cycle had arrived. So what I wanted to do instead was to get Burn Cycle out and basically go through the tutorial. And that's what I did. Now I regretted it the next day when I suddenly went, oh, wait a minute, when am I going to do all of this work? And I'm still actually catching up from the work that I should have done that day. Um, but that was my first look at Burn Cycle. Now let's get things clear about Burn Cycle. A lot of people think that because I helped with the rulebook for Burn Cycle that I already know the game absolutely 100% back to front. That is not true. So first of all, I did help out with the rulebook for Burn Cycle. Um, it was at a point where uh, Shannon from Chip Theory Games reached out to me and said, we are struggling with the rulebook at the moment. Would you be able to help out with it? Um, we agreed a certain amount of time that I would help out for it. Um, and I did. And I did the best that I could in the time that I given, I was given, but the game was still, it was in the very late stages of development. And the problem with me working on a rule book when the game is actually still being developed is it means I will spend my time writing a whole bunch of sections and then the rules change. And that means you've got to go back and you've got to write the sections again. So I wasn't able to make the best use of my time in the fact that I was having to you know, rewrite sections that I was writing. That's just how it is. That's not a problem. That's how most rulebook projects go. But what I, the reason I'm saying this is there, there came a time when I had to speak to Chip Theory Games and say, look, I would love to see this rulebook through to the end. And they, they really appreciated all of the work that I'd done so far, but I was not able to continue working on it because I had, I had multiple other projects that were stacking up that then needed to be done. I'd reached my agreed amount of time to spend on the project and I'd reached I'd reached the point where I needed to start moving on to other projects. So there was a point in the burn cycle rulebook that I had to basically 
wash my hands of it, give it back to Chip Theory Games, and they finished the work on it. So they finished developing the game, and they finished then writing the rulebook. Now, what it has meant is I've actually had a number of people reach out to me, both in public and privately, saying, great work on the Burn Cycle rulebook, it's fantastic. And every single time I reply and say, don't thank me, you need to thank Chip Theory Games, because although I helped out a bit, they're the people that produced the final version, and they're the people you should be thanking. Um, but what that means is, when I did that video on the 31st of March, last Thursday, I was effectively learning the game again for the first time. Now, yes, a lot of it came back to me, but also a lot of it was like, well, I don't remember that. <laughs> Either because it had changed, or I actually don't remember it at all. But yeah, there was a lot of the game. Certainly when I was doing the network thing, I was getting all confused. I was like, okay, this might have been the same when I worked on the rulebook, but it was so long ago that I can't remember it. Anyway, Burn Cycle has been covered on the channel. The video that I've done for Burn Cycle so far has simply been me going through the Learn to Play manual, which I personally believe is the best way to learn the game. Um, Burn Cycle is one of those games, like all other games from Chip Theory Games, where you need to actually do it. You need to, you, you can be given the rules, and there is an official rules video out there which is very good, but it's a game which you actually need to see happening, because you've got the rules in your head as one thing, but actually putting them into practice is, an, is another thing. And that learn to play guide that they have done, which takes you step by step through the game, is really good. So if you are, if you are a backer of Burn Cycle, or oh, you're gonna go to, you're gonna get a copy. I would strongly recommend watching my video, um, but also I would strongly recommend that when you get it, sitting down with the learn to play manual and going through it step by step. Even if you think you know the game already, going through that will will be useful. Right, that is pretty much all of the games that I have played over the last month, apart from online gaming. And I'm just gonna have a drink, and then I'll get back to the online gaming. So, here's the games that I've played uh, online. Feast for Odin, I think I've played two games of that in the last month on Board Game Arena. Tapestry, and our Tapestry tournament uh, is going on at the moment. So, uh, me and my patron supporters uh, were, were basically in the middle of a Tapestry tournament, although I'm still on round one. Um, Kingdom Builder and Space Base. Now, I want to talk about this a minute because I got the urge about a week, a week and a half ago, that I went, I want to play more games. Probably like most people watching this video, you get this urge and you think, oh, I wish I could play more games. And Board Game Arena is there, along with Yukata and uh, Boitageur and all these other websites, where you can play board games for free. Now, I don't play with random strangers. I only play with friends or patron supporters. But all of these games are there, and I thought, oh, I really want to play more games. Space Base, I really want to play that again. Kingdom Builder, I want to play that again. And all these other games that I wanted to play. So what I did is I started loads of these games or I, I got in these games. And it was a mistake because Kingdom Builder and Space Base, I played so badly, I didn't actually enjoy the game. And this is really unusual and it's made me actually think about it a bit much. How, if I like these games, why didn't I enjoy playing the games? And it's because I've basically stretched myself too thin yet again. I only have, like most human beings, a limited capacity for the amount of things that I can have going on at any one time. And whilst it seemed a good idea to go, oh, I'm going to join all of these different online games, the fact is, when it came to actually my turn in it, I wasn't able to spend enough mental energy to think properly about what I was doing. As such, I did terribly in both games, and I'm now not going to play any other games online until... I've got a few other things out of the way. I'm currently in the middle of a game of Feast for Odin, Tapestry, and the original Kalos, um, and, and that's enough for me. So I, I don't know, if you're the kind of person that can play 12 different games all at the same time and remember them all, great, but it might be because outside of the online gaming, I'm having to work on multiple rule books and multiple games, so my brain is just too full. Uh, the space-based game was funny because I ended the game with a score of zero literally zero, uh, which was a little bit embarrassing. Um, but the game that I mentioned of Bonfire that's going on at the moment, which is almost finished. In fact, if I look across, it's probably almost finished. Um, that's going brilliantly. And I think I'm about to get my highest score ever in a game of Bonfire. 
So that game's going well. I've obviously diverted all of my mental energy into that. Um, I've also done uh, Gloomhaven Digital, uh, which I've covered on the channel, which I class as a game played because I'm playing the campaign. Uh, and also the Maracaibo app. I've played the Maracaibo app about six or seven times in the last week. Uh, I basically go to bed and play it and then I get up in the morning and play it. And it's just brilliant. Yeah, the Maracaibo app is a fantastic app. Spiral Burst Studios did a really good job with it and I've been playing a lot of that. Other content on the channel. I did some unboxing videos. I've done three unboxing videos in the last month. I've done Dead Reckoning. I've done Project L, the deluxe version with all of the different boxes and Stroganov. Now the Dead Reckoning one was interesting because I'm friends with John Declare, the designer of Dead Reckoning, um, and I told him that I'm doing an unboxing and that if he was available, if he wanted to pop in the chat and say hello while I did the unboxing, and he came up with another idea. He said, well, why don't I actually join you in the audio and we can have a chat while you're doing the unboxing? And I was like, well, I've never done that before. I don't quite know how that would work, but we did. And I didn't tell anybody about it in advance. So my live unboxing video for Dead Reckoning is an hour long because it's actually, it's an unboxing video and a very impromptu interview with John Declare. So if you are interested in me chatting with John about Dead Reckoning, the future of Dead Reckoning, what other games he's working on and the price of bread, then go and check out that. It's on the channel. Uh, as I say, it's not even advertised as an interview with John Declare. It's just an unboxing video about Dead Reckoning, but John is actually a guest on it. Um, and I did the live Q&A, as, as always. Right, that is, I think, all of the content that has been on the channel in the last month. So, Patreon updates. Let's talk about a Patreon update. March, unfortunately, wasn't a great month. Now, Patreon, uh, if you've been watching these video logs for the last four or five months, you will know that it's been a really good time for the Patreon. Patreon support has been higher than ever since I announced my retirement from rulebook writing back in October. Or was it October? End of October. Yeah. Um, Patreon support has been really good. March was was a, not a good month for Patreon. In fact, the, the net change was, uh, was down. By, by the end of the month. Now, I'm going to put a list on screen of all of the new supporters that have joined me in the month of March. So a big thank you to everybody uh, on this list. If you are a supporter of mine, if you've joined my Patreon since the 1st of April, then you're not on this list, but you will appear on, on next month's list. Um, so yeah, a big thank you to everybody who's recently started supporting me, but also, as always, a big thank you to everybody who stuck with me. Because although that list is good, they're all of the people who've joined the Patreon in the last month, uh, more people have left. So the actual net change is is down for the month of March. Now, as of this morning, we are at 807 supporters. So we, we have managed to maintain uh, the levels above 800, which means I am going to do the special things that I was planning to do. Um, I was originally planning to do those in March, but then I didn't manage to get around to it. So I am still planning them, but I now don't quite know <laughs> when I'm going to do them because April is looking pretty busy as well. Um, so I'll do them at some point, but yeah, watch this space. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the contest. Um, every month I do a Patreon giveaway and last month's giveaway was for a copy of Undaunted Normandy and Undaunted North Africa. I've done the draw this morning and the winner is uh, Karthik who I've contacted by email. So thank you very much for your Patreon support and I've sent you an email uh, about this and obviously I need to know your address so that I can send you the games. So yeah, big thank you to you for, for supporting me and congratulations on winning that. This month's contest is going to be a little different. First of all, I'm going to be giving away a copy of Perseverance, episodes one and two. It's big, it's heavy, it's expensive, but I'm going to be giving a copy away. But this isn't going to be a Patreon-only giveaway. This is going to be a giveaway which is available to the public, but Patreon supporters are going to get extra entries in just for being Patreon supporters. So what I'm going to do um, is next week I actually have two solo playthrough videos planned for Perseverance. One for episode one, one for episode two. And I'm going to be doing a Google Form questionnaire uh, where you the answers to which are in the four videos that I've done so far. So the how to play episode one, the how to play episode two, the solo playthrough for episode one and the solo playthrough for episode two. And basically there's going to be at least one question with the answer to which is in each video. Because I can't put the questions up until I've done the second solo playthrough video. Um, so yeah, the, the contest is going to be made live basically 
straight after I've done the second playthrough video and then it'll run to the end of the month. So yeah, watch this space for, for news on that. Charity funding. Let's talk about where the charity funding goes. Um, for those of you who haven't watched any of my monthly video logs, every single penny of my advertising revenue goes to charity. It always has, uh, ever since I turned advertising on on the channel. And for the last couple of months, uh, all of the money has been going to the Disasters Emergency Committee to help the crisis in Ukraine, uh, which is still going on and sickening to see what's uh, what's happening out there still. Um, but that's that's the way things are at the moment. But this month, I'm actually going to be diverting uh, some of the ad revenue to the Uganda Village Board Game Convention. Uh, this is something that's organised by Ben Parkinson, who I've known for years. Ben runs or helps organise the Chrysalis Youth Empowerment Network uh, over in Uganda. Um, and Gaming Rules has actually, through the help of its supporters, uh, donated uh, approximately £12,000 to this charity over the years, mainly through the charity uh, auctions that I did at GridCon and Virtual GridCon. And, and we've basically, I think we've raised enough money that they've, they've helped, it's helped to build a school. I'll put a picture on screen. Ben sent me this this week. This is the school that they've built in Uganda with the money that, uh, that we raised. So if you're one of the people who's contributed um, to this charity through the, the charity raffles that I've done, then this is where your money's gone. So a big thank you to you. Um, but what they're doing right now is that they're trying to raise money to basically host a convention. Uh, this is a crowdfunding page. I will put a link to it. Uh, if you click on the little eye in the corner, there'll be a link to it there, but also I'll put it in the description below. Uh, and basically, yeah, they're, they're raising money in order to try and host this convention. And what I'm going to do um, before the campaign finishes, I'm going to allocate some of this month's advertising revenue to, uh, to that and then the rest of it will go to the Disasters Emergency Committee. Now, um, Ben has also, I spoke to Ben this morning, and what he's trying to do is he's actually trying to get some prizes given out to some of the people who donate. So Matt Leacock, for example, Matt's a big supporter of this, uh, of this charity, and Matt is making a handcrafted, well, using a laser tool, but he's, he's hand-building it, a copy of Pandemic the Cure, with wooden components that he's building himself. And that is going to be one of the things which somebody's going to win. Uh, what I've offered is about the only thing that I can offer is that somebody who basically uh, donates money uh, will win a prize to play a game with me. They will help me. They will they choose a game and I will teach them how to play the game and we'll play it. I don't know exactly how this is going to happen, but it's what I could come up with on the spur of the moment this morning. So I want to do my best to... To support this charity not just financially but also by offering something as well um so yeah so that's that's what's happening at the moment um if you're interested in supporting the, the charity then as i say then click on the link uh you could win this hand copy of pandemic the cure by matt leacock or you could win the chance to get a playing game with me um or you could just donate money for a, for a worthy cause but as i say a, a, anybody who watches any of my videos is helping raise money by the advertising revenue as well uh, right. So yeah, so that's where the, that's where the advertising revenue goes. That's where the Patreon is at the moment. And yeah, big thank you again to all of my Patreon supporters that effectively make all of this possible and help carry on buying new equipment. Speaking of new equipment, finally got round to buying a new camera, which I've actually been using on the last few videos that I've done. So you may have seen it in use. Um, now my original plan was not to buy one of these cameras. My original plan was to buy another 4K camera like the one that is being used to film me right now. Uh, and I was looking for weeks and weeks and weeks at various types of cameras and what I wanted and everything else. And then some of my Patreon supporters suggested that I get one of these and I looked into it and it was quite expensive. Um, it was outside of the price range that I'd sort of set myself uh, for it on. But then I decided I tell you what, I'm going to do it. So this is where patron support goes. This is quite an expensive point to zoom camera, but the idea is that I have this up somewhere on a tripod and I can pre-program a whole load of presets. And as I say, if you've seen any of the videos recently, well, not all of them, but some of the ones recently I've, I've, I've used this on. And the Anunnaki video, which will be going live probably in a couple of weeks time, that, that definitely uses this. So yeah, big thank you to all of my patron supporters who helped me make the decision on this and obviously for the funding to be able to do it. Right, let's talk about plans for the future after a drink. Right, 
what's coming up in the next few weeks? Well, this week, I am doing a game of Concordia Digital with Tom Heath, Slicker Drips. So we're gonna be dual streaming that. That's gonna be on Thursday, three o'clock. On Friday, very, very exciting, Dead Reckoning. Jill and Mark are coming over. We're gonna be doing a three-player game of Dead Reckoning on Friday. Again, these are not sponsored videos. So these are made possible through the support of Patreon. Um, and on the Saturday, we're gonna be playing Euthea. So Saturday is Euthea Day. Uh, we are basically filming a video which is gonna be used for the upcoming Kickstarter which is, I think, in May, um, but it will go out live to Patreon. So if you're a Patreon supporter of mine, I, I will send you a link through the Patreon system. You can watch it live as, it, as it's going along, but then it will be taken down, edited, and it will be put up as a different video later on. I did really want to play a four-player game of Euthea because that would be really long and really epic, but the publisher wants us to do a three-player game of it instead of a four-player game of it. So that, that's what we're doing on Saturday. Next week... I'm getting a chance to play Inventions. Inventions is Vital Lacerda's latest, latest super heavy big box game that he's working on. Uh, it's been in development for months and next week I'm getting a chance to play it myself because I'm going to be working on the rulebook for this later on in the year. And Vittal wants to get me involved at this stage to see if I've got any thoughts on the game um, before he makes any final decisions about it. So that's what's happening next week. Uh, that will probably be streamed to Patreon supporters. That won't be a public video. What will be a public video though is Perseverance. So next week I'm going to be doing two live videos, one for Perseverance episode one, one for Perseverance episode two, solo playthroughs. I will be doing um, a warm-up video first for Patreon supporters where I basically learn how to play and play a practice game, but then there will be live videos for the public which will be on the channel. So they are available, they will be available next week. And then next Friday, I'm going to be covering Detective Rummy. Detective Rummy is a new game from Mike Fitzgerald and Ralph Anderson, published by WizKids Games, who I have a professional relationship with. And they've asked me to cover this game. I don't quite know when it's out, um, but basically I think it's going to be out soon. Uh, and they've sent me an early copy for me to do a, a playthrough video. So I'm actually going to be playing it this week at the local club for me to learn the game and practice playing it. Uh, but that will be covered on the channel next Friday. The week after that, I'm at Bacon. Yes, Bacon has been run for the last couple of years due to COVID. Uh, it's a local convention, so it will have been three years since the last Bacon, and I've missed it. I've really missed it. And I'm going to be playing Anunnaki. I'm going to be playing Burn Cycle. I'm going to be playing Boon Lake. I'm going to be playing Bitoku. And if that's all I play, that's fine. Um, but yeah, there are some really good games that I want to play. Basically, if there's an A or a B in the title, I'm going to be playing it. Then, the day after Bacon, Ricky Royal is coming round and we're going to be doing a live playthrough of Burn Cycle. So Burn Cycle is going to get covered on the channel. Me and Ricky Royal from Box of Delights are going to be sat here at this table and we're going to be doing a two-player playthrough of it. Um, I don't know what time he's coming round or how long the game is going to be, but that's the plan for that day. Um, then, I'm going to be doing a solo playthrough on the 29th of April which is very, very likely to be Dead Reckoning. So my patron supporters right now are voting on which solo playthrough they want me to do this month. Dead Reckoning is winning. Um, Boon Lake is second. So it will probably be Dead Reckoning that I'll be doing. And also Mind Clash's new game, codenamed Seven, which I'm not allowed to say anything about. I'm gonna be doing some coverage of that as well on the uh, 29th. Now that won't be going out live, I've agreed with Mind Clash that that video will be filmed on the 29th. Uh, I don't know if I've got permission to share it with Patreon supporters, but if I can, I will. Uh, but then that video will be taken down, edited and, and, and uploaded later. But yeah, always very excited about anything new that Mind Clash Games has to offer. Um, other things, my Crescent Moon videos will be going live soon. As I mentioned, the Anunnaki video will be going live probably at the start of that campaign, whenever that is. And other very, very exciting things, my copies of Frosthaven and Weather Machine should be arriving within the week. That is very, very exciting. But I'm working on videos for both of those games and it's going to take me the next three months to do. I mean, yeah, the, the how to play video for Frosthaven is going to take me a long time. And the how to play video for Weather Machine is probably going to take me about four or five weeks to create. So I have a lot of work planned for the next few months. I am going to be very busy till July, August time. Um, 
with those and that is all in addition to all of the other stuff that I'm going to be doing but hopefully by then the rulebook work will be finished. The Batman Gotham City Chronicles rulebook work is still in its very very final stages although we did find a loophole in the old rules this morning that we haven't quite fixed um, and the ISS Vanguard rulebook I'm hoping should be done this week. Uh, we sent off the final comments for the latest version on Saturday or Sunday uh, and I'm waiting on the, the next version arriving back um, from the uh, from the layout people probably tomorrow but I'm really hoping by the end of this week that that's done because everybody involved in the project needs it to be done and finished so we can all get on with other stuff but on you know we also don't want to rush it out and have it with errors we're all working hard to make it as good as we can do um, but yeah there we are that's that's everything as far as what's uh, I mean it's very exciting not just bacon but perseverance burn cycle dead reckoning these are games which I'm really excited about. Right, personal update. You probably notice I still haven't got new glasses. I'm still wearing my £1.50 ready readers. Um, the weeks are just flying by. I had them tested last month, but I went into the shop and for some reason getting glasses for me, getting proper glasses, I don't mind paying £1.50 and buying these reading glasses because without them I'm, I'm completely blind. Um, but the idea of getting proper glasses and actually choosing ones that are going to cost like 200, 300 pounds, whatever, it made me really uncomfortable in the shop. So I didn't make a decision uh, and we left the shop not having bought any. And the weeks have just flown by. I don't know where the time is going and I just haven't, haven't been back. So yeah, I'm still wearing the cheap glasses. Um, I really need varifocals and it's, they're getting worse every, every month. And it's at the point now where I can barely read the auto cue it's all blurry and even and the glasses uh, are, are designed for, for reading so the auto cue uh, that I use for my scripted playthroughs and also when I'm doing a live stream and I'm looking over at the chat on the computer they are that is now at a distance which I can't see with the glasses off and I can't see with the glasses on and I know what you're saying you're shouting at the screen saying just go and buy a pair of very focals Paul and I know I need to I'm just saying I haven't done it yet um, other things health-wise, the good news is I'm I'm mostly okay now. But I will be honest with you, um, the last four weeks have been pretty terrible in terms of uh, my anxiety levels. So I had a major anxiety flare-up uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago, which lasted about a week. And for those of you who suffer from anxiety, you know how bad it is. It was one of the worst that I've had. And I, and I still I still just plow on. I still do these videos and I put on a smile and everything else. And nobody sees what's going on in the background. But I, I had a really, really terrible, terrible week. I got through that just about. But then I had a spell of about um, four days where I was suffering from severe insomnia. The anxiety was still there rumbling around. But yeah, and, and that actually stopped on Friday last week. So... The, the, the all-day Alexander Pfister playthroughs that I did last Friday, so we did Maracaibo in the afternoon, we did Boone Lake in the evening, I'd been running on three hours sleep a night for about four days. Um, and part of me was thinking I should cancel these videos because I'm exhausted and I, I can't even think straight. And actually pushing on through is often not the right thing to do, but for me it really worked. So on Friday, despite feeling like you know I mean I did a Covid test in the morning because I felt so bad I thought maybe maybe I've got Covid and it, it wasn't it was just severe lack of sleep but I spent the day playing Maracaibo and Boon Lake not light games and it was just what I needed because when I'd finally calmed down after the game I then got the first good night's sleep that I'd had in a week so yeah I'm okay now ish <laughs> at least I've been through the worst of it and I have to say a big thank you to uh, all of my patron supporters on the Slack channel for their emotional support um, at difficult times because I do share some of what I'm feeling on, on the Slack channel and a lot of you are very supportive so yeah really appreciate that. Uh, one thing that we've done in, in, in personal news is we've actually been to London. We actually took a trip out to London a few weeks ago and it was to go and see uh, the Detective Society people who were on Dragon's Den. So for those of you who uh, don't know, the Detective Society is a small company of three people that create these uh, mystery puzzle play at home games. I'm friends with uh, mainly Dan, who's, who's one of the three people. I've known Dan for a long time 
Uh, and Dan's been on the channel a number of times, including Maracaibo and Boone Lake on Friday. Um, and they got themselves on Dragon the Den. And it actually was broadcast on BBC TV. And we went to London to a party to celebrate the fact that they'd, they'd been on Dragon's Den. So, yeah, me and Vicky took a couple of days off, off work and we went to London and, and we did that. While we were there, we saw a show, uh, which was the play that goes wrong, that was amazing. It was absolutely, it was expensive, but it was amazing. Really, really good. And we also went to the War of the Worlds immersive experience. I'm a huge fan of Jeff Wayne's musical version of War of the Worlds. Um, and, and that was really good as well. It was a very good... A uh, couple of days away. What else? Oh, we, we've also taken a couple of. I say I don't know where the weekends are going. We've actually had a couple of half days as well, where we've um, uh, we went to Budley Salterton, <clears throat> uh, spent a bit of time on the beach there, and we also went out this weekend to Canontane Falls in Devon. I'll put some pictures on screen now. Um, it's a really really nice place, but basically they, it's about half an hour away from us, and it's the place of England's highest waterfall apparently. Um, even though it's a sort of they, they piped the water up there. It's not a natural waterfall that's that high. They piped the water up there. Lady Exmouth or something in Victorian times did it. But it was it was nice to take a little bit of time out and do something like that. What else? I'm sure there's something else that's happened in my personal life in the last few weeks that's important. But what was it? Oh, yeah. Me and Vicky got engaged. So that's quite a big thing, I think. <laughs> the, the, the thing is... Um, me and Vicky have been together for about 17 years. <laughs> um, and whilst everybody else is going off and getting engaged and getting married, it's not something that we've really ever, ever, ever done. Um, but we decided, and it was a mutual thing, we, we decided together, uh, having talked about it a few times, that, that we, we're going to get married and we are going to do it. The, the outside perception of people who don't know us and don't know we've been together this long have been like, oh, this is great, you've made a commitment to each other. And we made a commitment to each other, like, <laughs> you know, over 10 years ago. We've been living together for the last 15 years. We are a couple who are committed together for our for, for lives. We're just not officially together. So, yeah, we got we got engaged. So Vicky's got a very nice ring, which we chose together. And, yeah, that's, that's it. So, yeah, a big thank you to all of my... Uh, uh, everybody who's wished us congratulations and, and sent cards and, and things like that and it feels a little bit weird we went out with Vicky's family um on Sunday for a meal and they were saying well how how does it feel now that you're engaged and I'm like well honestly it doesn't actually feel any different because as I say we've been together for so long as far as I'm concerned we've been committed together for so long that hasn't changed so it's not like we've taken the next step of our relationship because our relationship was already was already at that step. Um, but anyway, that's um, that's that's the bit of personal use. And I think that is everything. I thought I'd leave that till the end. Um, yeah, right. Lots to look forward to in the next few weeks. Uh, and as I mentioned a number of times, a big thank you again to all of my patrons. But if you enjoy the content that I create, one final shout out. I can only make these videos and... A lot of the other videos, like last week, every single video, not, none of them were sponsored in any way. So I basically took about three days off from my work in order to produce all of that content. And I can't do that without the support of the Patreon. So yeah, big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters who make pretty much everything that I do possible. Help me buy new equipment, join me for playthroughs and generally support me in, in, in what I do. So yeah, big thank you to everybody. And if you do want to support me, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. But that's it. For now, I'm going to disappear. I'll get back to some more rule books and some more gaming, and I will edit this video and get it out later on. Until next time, take care, and thanks for watching.